Welcome to The Gone Show, the show where my guests and I explore anything and anyone that is now gone or might as well be. On tonight's episode, it might not compute, but we'll be talking about Commodore computers. And now, joining the world and beyond from The Gone Show studio in the American Midwest, the host of The Gone Show, Bannon Backus. Good evening, and thank you for spending your night with us here on The Gone Show. Tonight, my guests are Jay Stewart, who is a brain in a jar. Hello. John Mad Jack Mitten, who passed away in the United Kingdom in 1834, and now manifests himself as an oversized mouth and mustache, is also in the studio tonight. Hello. And also joining us is Orson Escanaba, who is a yeti. That is correct. I am here. Well, it's good to see everyone, and we'll get right into tonight's topic, which is... Your telephone is ringing. Would you like for me to smash it? Thank you, no. Hello, caller. You're on The Gone Show. Hello? Do you want me to smash it now? What in the name of Regency Architecture was that? I have no idea. Uh, Maybe it was someone who dialed the wrong number and then thought of a good joke. Oh, yes, that must be it. Thank you, Jay. All right, well, I've never been one to be stopped by a non sequitur. So, as I was saying, tonight we'll be talking about Commodore computers, and this happens to be one of those topics that I've had experience with. I remember we used Commodore computers in my computer class in elementary school. As a matter of fact, we used several Commodore computers at my business. Uh, This would have been in the 1980s, uh, shortly before my retirement. Oh, okay, that makes sense. Computers are what your people call mirrors. No, those are two different things. Then why do your people constantly stare at these things? I demand to know. Well, nowadays, computers are so versatile and found in so many things, it would be difficult for me to describe exactly all that they can do. But I suppose a computer is simply a machine that's able to take in information, process it, and output additional information. So, these machines do your thinking for you? I've never considered that, but it would explain a great deal. Ideally, computers allow us to further our knowledge, but unfortunately, I can see more examples of what you're talking about, Mr. Escanaba, than I'd like, yeah. Uh, For better or worse, my neural containment system would not have been possible without computers. 
If that is the case, then they cannot be all bad, but I will continue to regard them with suspicion. That's fair. Now, going back to the beginnings of Commodore computers, the Commodore Portable Typewriter Company was founded by Jack Trammell in Toronto in... 1954, and that company would later give rise to the computer manufacturing companies of Commodore Business Machines Incorporated and Commodore International Limited. From typewriters to thinking machines. Impressive. Especially when you consider that Trammell had survived a World War II concentration camp before immigrating to New York and driving a taxi cab while also running his own typewriter repair shop, which, as I already mentioned, would eventually grow into something bigger and better. You cannot help but to admire someone who is that industrious. You knew I may not have been the most industrious man of my time, but I will say I was a very hard worker in the bedroom. Why? Why do you do that, John? What? I was. Okay, we're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. More than engineering and science, forgiveness and trust is what we at Mushroom Motors most value. That's why, after it was recently discovered that drivers of our two-door Neutron sedan were being exposed to dangerous levels of radiation from that vehicle's power plant, we have doubled our efforts to earn back your trust and appreciate your forgiveness. The most recent design flaw of the proprietary thorium fueled nuclear reactor that drives our neutron sedan has been identified and corrected. Know that now you can rely on not only reliable performance from all of our vehicle models, but performance that will no longer result in radiation sickness. Despite these most recent events, we at Mushroom Motors remain optimistic in the use of nuclear reactors for everyday transportation. We cannot change what has already happened, but we can thank all of you who have been hospitalized from radiation sickness for doing your part in helping us to perfect our technology, the technology of the future. Experience the future for yourself by visiting your nearest Mushroom Motors dealer today. Mushroom Motors, determined to still be the nuclear option. Up in the sky! Jesus, kites! The author of Ecclesiastes 1.14 wrote, I have seen everything that is done under the sun, and behold, all is vanity and a striving after wind. Well, here at Jesus Kites, we not only went after the wind, we harnessed it with our handmade line of kites that feature our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. You already know that he's looking down on us, but with Jesus kites, you and everyone around you will be able to see him too, and in a variety of styles. For traditionalists, we offer our standard diamond-shaped kite, which incorporates the beard of our Lord and Savior into the kite's tail. 
For those who enjoy a bit of intrigue, we suggest our line of kites that have printed upon them the negative of Secundo Pia's photograph of the Shroud of Turin. And, of course, for those lovers of clean Christian comedy, you can't go wrong with our box kites, featuring a color image of our Lord and Savior with a word bubble that reads, Hey, I can see my house from here. Look for Jesus kites at most major hobby stores. Jesus kites, seventh heaven is only as far away as your string is long. Welcome back to The Gone Show. Welcome back to The Gone Show. Here in the studio with me tonight are Jay Stewart, John Mitten, and Orson Escanaba, and we've been discussing Commodore computers. Now, one of the interesting things that I learned in preparing for tonight's show is the supposed origin of the name Commodore. Why people choose the names that they do for their businesses is something that's always intrigued me. And Tremel has said that before deciding against General and Admiral, he went with Commodore after seeing a car that went by that model name. But interestingly enough, that model of car came out years after Tremel had already used Commodore for the name of this company, so it seems likely that he may have misremembered how he arrived at his decision. And you said that this is the sort of thing that intrigues you. Yeah. Hmm. I'm afraid it's not the sort of thing that intrigues me in the slightest. Really? Yes, but I suppose I am slightly intrigued by your intrigue. Very slightly. Mr. Escanaba, does your offer to smash something still stand? Always. Good to know. Anyway, the importation of Japanese-made typewriters led to Tremel focusing on the manufacture of adding machines, like calculators, for a time, but then the importation of Japanese-made adding machines led him to finally shifting his focus to computers. Uh, In business, the shifting of Focus can be a perfectly acceptable course of action. Being aware of what lurks in your periphery is a sign of a great yeti. So all of this led to the first mass-market personal computer by Commodore being released in 1977. It was named Pet, P-E-T, a name that, from what I found, was inspired by the popularity of the Pet Rock, and a name that eventually was said to stand for Personal Electronic Transactor. The computer was a single unit that included a keyboard made from calculator keys, a monochrome monitor, and the ability to run computer programs and store data through a tape recorder. We've come a long way in just 43 years. Yeah, definitely. So, in 
1982, the Commodore 64 was introduced, which is actually the computer model that I remember from elementary school. And according to my research, the Commodore 64 became the best-selling computer of all time. And Jay, you had mentioned that you had some Commodore computers in use at your offices, and you were in good company because NASA also used Commodore computers. Uh, Well, with that being the case, I must have made the right choice in computer. NASA is the tribe that traveled to the Great Snowball and brought back smaller snowballs. Uh, That's essentially correct, Orson, yes. In 1984, Trammell left Commodore and formed Trammell Technology Limited, which eventually became Atari Corporation after Trammell bought assets of Atari Incorporated. Corporation Incorporated Limited of the business world. I'll say only this. The more rules there are in a game, the easier it is to cheat. That's surprisingly insightful, John. But rest assured, when it comes to Mad Jack's charm school for the modern gent, everything is quite above board. Oh, of course. And speaking of legality, Trammell's new and old companies quickly became involved in various legal battles, during which Commodore formed a relationship with Amiga Corporation, which eventually became a subsidiary of Commodore, which eventually released computer models using the name Amiga, which some people might remember. Not a chance. No, I'm afraid not. For the love of a long-necked yak, what are you talking about? Well, regardless, my research shows that Commodore's record of poor customer service, poor technical support, and questionable business practices that seemed to exclusively benefit upper management began to take a toll on the company, and by the late 1980s and early 1990s, the company's inability to offer products that competed well with other was the beginning of the end for Commodore. And was it a bloody end? Not that I know of. But in 1993, Commodore released the Amiga CD32, a CD-ROM-based game console. The success of this game console was what Commodore executives were hoping would save the company, but the game console was not a success, and in... 1994, Commodore declared bankruptcy and was no more. Uh, That's too bad. Yes, the lack of blood is always a disappointment. Since the bankruptcy, the names Commodore and Amiga have been used for the occasional technological business venture, but it seems as though those businesses never last very long. When a warrior has fallen, the warrior must be allowed to rest. 
unless, of course, that warrior was able to cheat death and have his brain pickled in a jar. Yes, uh, you know, for early designs of my neural containment system, the use of both brine and vinegar were considered delicious. I suddenly have a craving for the pickled rump of a white-rumped vulture. Well, before we bring things to a close and go our separate ways to indulge in any late-night snacking that we might have a taste for, does anyone have any final thoughts on Commodore computers? Apologies. In my mind, I'm already enjoying the sensation of vulture flesh still wet with brine sliding down my throat. What the hell is wrong with you? My craving must be satisfied. What vultures are native to this area? To both my guests and listeners, thank you. Until next time, good evening and good gone. The Gone Show was produced, created, performed, and written by Bannon Backus. The Gone Show is a presentation of BoomTube, B-O-O-M-T-O-O-B. All rights are reserved. Visit BoomTube online at BoomTube.com and Facebook.com slash BoomTube Network.